Hey, what's good? This week's episode of the regular podcast is brought to you by DV Real, man. One of the hottest new up-and-coming rappers. Check him out on YouTube at IRDT, or you can check him out on SoundCloud, man. It's DV Real, as in D-E-E-V-I-E-R-E-A-L, man. Check him out. Now, I'm in a little different situation. I was $50,000 in credit card debt about 15 years ago. It took me five years to get out of that. And ever since then, I've been paying my credit cards off in full every month. And I'm wondering why you don't like that scenario. Well, it's pretty simple because you were $50,000 in debt, and a lot of people get there. And you can't get there with a debit card. Debit card will do everything your credit card will do, except put you in debt. Yo, 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 what's goody, what's goody, what's goody? I think we back. I think we are back for another episode of the regular podcast, man. Um, thing about it is, you know... Um, this is this will be another brief episode, but I think it's going to be a very informative episode for y'all because it's just some information that I think people need to know, and I'm here to give you that info. How y'all been this week, man? I've been cool, you know, working. It was a short week. They had um, the the Europeans of America have celebrated their independence for the um like hundred and or like let me see like two hundred fifty years, some some wild something wild like that. It's like I think it's like two hundred forty-one years or something like that. When I when I um think about the numbers, but you know, <clears throat> I I feel like I um took a proper break from the world while Europeans were celebrating their holiday. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with that. I I came to come to terms with the fact that there's nothing we could do about them celebrating their independence. So we might as well you know chill amongst ourselves or chill however we want to chill and you know because they're going to shut everything down for their holidays so you know it was a cool week i chilled with with my family my own personal family that i created me shay and my daughter and you know we um we you know we just relaxed or whatever how y'all been though i'm seeing y'all out here you know a lot of people a lot of people um talking about Black China and Rob Kardashian, you know, that's a good thing to talk about. I'm I'm all for ruining white families. No, I'm not. I'm just bullshitting. Don't ruin a white family, but I'm down with what Black China did. I'm rocking with her. Um, did y'all hear about this contract that James Harden just got? Very, very, um, very serious contract. The highest extension, the, the largest contract extension in NBA history. Four years, $228 million. My man is, it, I mean, it starts, um, I think his contract goes into effect in a 2018, 2019 season, like that big contract right there. So he about to be making dumb money. Like when I thought, I thought about it earlier and I'm like, yo, these players are starting to make more than the owners, right? Some of the owners, cause y'all know, um, a lot of these teams are not owned by just one person. Y'all know that, right? A lot of these teams are owned by families or they're owned by, um, investment teams, you know what I'm saying? They might have like one owner that you see that gets the most shine for being an owner, but a lot of them don't have just one owner. Y'all know that, right? 
Okay, so when I say these players are making more money than these owners, these owners are splitting this money up many, many, many different ways. You understand? So if a player is making like 50, like 40 plus million a year, a lot of them people that's on those investment teams, they're not bringing that kind of money in. The team might be worth that. That's if they were to sell it. That don't mean that's what they're bringing in every year. They don't bring in um, anything close to that. I mean, they, they bring that in per year, but I mean per owner. Each owner is not making that much every single year. You know what I'm saying? The team is. So they might not be worth what the owners are worth. Like on paper, in theory, but like as far as what they what the yearly income is, yeah, these players are starting to pass the owners now, and I, I could go deeper into that. But like James Harden, man, he just had a, an amazing year last season, so I guess the the Rockets felt like it's time to pay him, and he signed that deal. Now, um, the uh, everybody was talking about Steph Curry's new two hundred and one million dollar deal. That's a big deal also. That was the largest uh, contract extension. Or let me see. Yeah, that was the largest until James Harden got his 228. That's good, man. Black man, get y'all money, yo. I'm down with that. Hopefully, like the type of money that they're getting now is totally different than what other generations of NBA players got. When you relate it to like the value of a dollar or, you know, the, the cost of goods now. The amount of money that they're getting now compared to the economy, totally different than what other players in other generations have gotten. Right. It's not like they make money. They make money on pace with inflation. So their money is more than people of the 90s. No, their money is far beyond that. You understand? So you think about 40 million a year and it's guaranteed. This is guaranteed. So 40 plus million per year. Um, That's a lot of money. That's like you now he's up there with the Fortune 500 CEOs now when you talk. And it's not just him. It's a few players that make ridiculously high incomes per year. They're up there with like Fortune 500 CEOs. We're talking about tech billionaires. They're making the same kind of same kind of yearly money that they make. So the kind of difference that the generation like these athletes, children, like th this is the kind of money to change your. You, it's almost like too much money to run out of. It's not like the, you know, like a few people in the past that have, you know, they might have got like a, eighty million. You know, eighty million is a whole lot of money too. But you can buy a couple buildings and run out of that. Like two hundred million is almost like, you know, and that's just four years. Two hundred million. This James Harden is in his twenties right now, so he could get another contract after that and get even more money. So. Yeah, man, it's a lot of money being made in the NBA right now. It's just a different type. These, if these players are smart, they could really build some some serious wealth in the communities they come from, or for themselves and their family. You know, you don't always have to build. Everybody's not in the mindset to build up somebody else's community that they feel like they don't own. You could build your own family up too. They're in position in a different position than anybody has ever been in before, as far as athletes, black athletes. They have serious economic power at this point okay now to shift gears a little bit i seen a post on facebook or something like and it was um i'm seeing a lot of black people feeling like uh we're protected by the second amendment and the second amendment states well a lot of people just look at it and say second amendment is the right to bear arms but that's not what the second amendment says i'll just read to you what it says second amendment says a well-regulated militia 
being necessary to the secret to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Right. Meaning. Well, I mean, of course, it says shall not it says um, the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Right. It doesn't even say it shall not be prohibited. It says it shall not be infringed. So the things that the government does already, as far as background checks and um, making it so that certain people can't have weapons, that's already an infringement. A background check is an infringement. It's not. It doesn't. The, the um, Second Amendment doesn't say um, it's illegal to prohibit. It says it's illegal to infringe. Infringing is like you're you're in the way of. Right. So being in the way in any way is against the Constitution. Now, we know that they don't really follow the Constitution, period, for anybody. So what I wanted to say was it really does not apply to black people at all. When they when they wrote this, they didn't. This was this was, um, let's see, ratified in 1791. We were not they, they didn't write this for us. They wrote this for white men. White men were allowed to walk around with guns and they were allowed to challenge the government with their guns that they had. That's for them. Nobody else could do that. That's why you see, like, think about how, how they shape arguments. When we're out here saying, why did he shoot this person? He didn't have a gun, right? As if having a gun means it's okay to shoot the person, right? So much so that police, like somebody like Alton Sterling, they say that there was no gun there. And then the police placed a gun next to his body. Meaning if a black man has a gun, that means you can shoot him. It doesn't. So you don't have to be about to shoot a police officer. If you have a gun on you, a police officer is allowed to shoot you if you are a black man. So that that shows you. So somebody like um, Philando Castile, he was. He had a gun on him and he was murdered by a police officer with impunity. That means that he was allowed to murder Philando. That police officer was allowed to murder Philando because he was a black man in possession of a firearm. Now, that that's normally not a crime. And normally somebody is punished for killing somebody. But you're allowed to pun you're allowed to punish a black person by death. If they have a firearm, because the Second Amendment does not protect us. You understand? There's many, many, many more instances. The whole thing about it is we've been fighting to not be killed while we're unarmed. But the whole armed versus unarmed thing shouldn't be a, that shouldn't be part of the narrative at all. Y'all have to understand how they word things. They word things so that they word things to psychologically train you. So if you do armed versus unarmed, so now you're going around telling people, hey, this black man, Michael Brown, was unarmed and shot by a police officer. The part, whether he's armed or not, shouldn't be a factor. That shouldn't even be brought up. Unarmed and not know a black man was killed by a police officer. That should be the only thing. And there's no reason whether he had a gun or not. So if you Michael Brown, who they say was breaking the law and was trying to escape or fight back. He didn't have a gun. They still shot him. Or if you're Philando Castile and you're just sitting in your car and you say, hey, I do have a registered firearm. You still get killed. Whether you're on either side of the spectrum, you're not protected by the Second Amendment because neither one of the people who killed those two black men were punished. And then there's many, many more. Think about we hear about the cases where they get big and it's like unarmed, like an unarmed type situation.
Imagine all the black people that get killed because they have a gun and the cops can see the gun. That, that'll get swept under the rug because it looks like, oh, well, hey, he had a gun on him. So you can kill him. So I just want everybody to know. And I think um, after after reading through the Constitution to get some um, material for this episode, I think I want to do um, like a whole episode about not just a whole episode about the Constitution, but I want to bring some understanding to, to my listeners about this Constitution thing, because I really feel like people think the Constitution is just the, the Bill of Rights or the, or the seven, 27 Amendments. Like people really need to understand that there's so much in the Constitution. It's not just these few amendments, man. These amendments were written to to make changes to a Constitution that was flawed. So imagine 27 amendments are needed, 27 fixes to something that we consider the law of the land. And that's 27. The articles are um, the articles of the actual Constitution itself are long. A lot of them, some of them are long. So you got to read the actual constitution, not just talk about everybody starts with the first amendment is this, but what about the first article? What about the preamble? You know what I'm saying? What about article one, section eight? What about the, the, what the constitution really says, which a lot of people don't know. So one day we're going to get into that, man, because it's real info that is needed, um, by our folks. I'm just really, I'm, uh, I, I'm, made my notes for this episode today i'm just gonna go down the list and check them off because that was something i saw somebody what made me want to talk about that is a post that i saw on facebook now in business news uh do does is everybody familiar with um nigeria and how they make a nigeria is the biggest economy in africa and most of their money comes from oil money right shell the company shell um you know, they make gas stations, Royal Dutch Shell. They have, um, they, they drill for oil in Nigeria. In a particular area, it's not in the Niger Delta, right? So, <clears throat> right now, they're having a battle. And it's not like a physical battle, but they're having um, disputes with the local community there. Because those people are not being, um, they, they thought that once this um, area, this area of uh, oil, oil fields, Pretty much, it was sold to a company in Nigeria. They thought that they would get 5% because they were promised, supposedly they were promised 5% of um, all the money made from the from the oil that's um, brought up in their area. Sorry, I keep saying um so much, but the oil um, sorry, <laughs> mined in their area, they thought they would get 5% ownership of that. So we know how much money is made from oil. They don't have a whole lot of oil, but in their little small town of Wari, this is Wari in the, mm, it's hard to say this word, but it's in Nigeria, in the Niger Delta. They're doing 10,000 barrels a day. Now, 10,000 barrels per day is not really a lot of oil. When you think about like the grand scheme, it's not a lot of oil. But for a poor town in Nigeria, that would be a whole lot of money brought into their communities. And I think about these rich towns in the middle of America where these Native Americans live and where these random uh, little small communities of white people live. They have a whole lot of money because their town eats off of they only eat off residual income from the oils, oil fields. So they build whole businesses and economies based on selling items to people who work there in the oil fields or 
the people who live there and purchase homes because there's so much money made in oil. Now, 10,000 barrels a day, uh, a barrel of oil is like, what, $50 right now. So you're talking about, what, 500,000? That's 500,000 American dollars a day in this poor part of Nigeria that they're not getting. Well, I mean, that's, they wouldn't get the whole thing, so they get 5% of that. So what's 5, 5% of... um? Five percent of five hundred thousand is like. Mm, let me try to do the math real quick. One percent will be what? One uh, percent will be five thousand. So five would be twenty-five thousand. So twenty-five thousand per day. Twenty-five thousand American dollars per day coming into this community. That would help a whole lot. American dollars. Twenty-five thousand American dollars per day coming into this community. So, listen, man. They need to do right by these people. According to the company, they say there was never any agreement. So you know how you know how big companies would do small people. They'll pretty much promise them something, but they won't have it in writing. And the people who don't have much of a business mind will accept that as they'll accept it on his word. They'll think that this is binding because you said it. So that's how people take advantage of um, smaller people. Or smaller groups or people without a lot of resources, they take advantage of them a lot of times by giving them the word but not putting it on paper. So that's sad, man. Hopefully that town worry, and it's spelled W A R R I. So if you want to look it up, man, you can see they want their money. I hope they get their money. And really, they I don't even think they would need to be back paid. I would say just start their payment off like right now. Give them five percent, man. It's it won't hurt a lot. And another thing what Shell is doing right now, see, this is a dirty game. They don't want to have to pay Nigeria so much money. So what they started doing is drilling offshore more than onshore. You know what they do when they when they drill now? They have technologies that do horizontal drilling. So all they do is go offshore, they drill down, and then they start drilling over. And it's so pretty much it's the same thing as being on your land. The, it's a dirty game out there, man. This oil, this when it comes to natural resources, these companies will do anything, and I mean anything. <laughs> They'll do anything to get over on you. But man, let me get into what I what I'm here for, man. All right. So I was on Facebook maybe like last month, right? And I saw, I saw a post that said, "Would you rather have?" Um, Eighty thousand? Would you immediately receive eighty thousand dollars, or would you rather have a perfect credit score of eight fifty? Right. And a lot of people, I saw that a lot of people chose the, um, they chose the perfect credit score. Now, the reason that's interesting to me is because I feel like it really made me realize a lot. And they had explanations as to why I really feel like a lot of people don't understand credit, credit scores, credit reports. I don't think, and, and what, what um, to do with the credit. I don't think they understand a lot because the majority of people in America period don't, does not have massive debt. Like a, a, a lot of the debt that people have is student loan debt. And since most people didn't go to college, then most of us don't have debt. One of the biggest things that we um, take on debt for is a mortgage. But with the mortgage is not looked at the same way as a student loan. You can sell your house and pay off your mortgage immediately if you needed to. When you get a student loan, uh, if you let's say you go get a degree and you have all the student loan debt, 
You can't trade your degree back to the school for that money back. You understand? So mortgage uh, mortgage debt is higher than um, all other debts, but it's it's you can check you can um, swap it out for the property. So student loan debt is the main thing. Okay, so most people are not most black people because these are mostly black people answering this. Most black people only forty forty one percent of black people own houses, so most of them are not. They don't you don't you know, um, and then so they're not in that kind of debt. And then most of us don't go to school either, so they don't have that kind of debt. Now, the reason I think people don't understand is because if you're just a person with, let's say, a vehicle and um, a couple credit cards, maybe maybe you're in debt fifteen thousand to twenty thousand dollars, maybe, right? With with eighty thousand dollars, you can fix your credit on your own and then have a small installment. I, I mean, a small, um, pretty much like a stimulus. To start your own little business. Let's say you paid off your, your twenty thousand in debt. You have sixty thousand. That's like a small business loan, pretty much. You understand? If you take that credit, what are you gonna the only thing credit is for is to take on debt. This is the part that I don't think a lot of people understand. I think people when they think credit, they just think items, the items that they can get with credit. And yes, that's true. You can't trade your credibility of payment, the, the credibility that you will pay back, you can trade that for items, but you're still putting yourself in debt for material things that aren't going to mean anything when you don't want them anymore, but you will still have that debt, right? So with credit, the only thing credit, the only thing credit is for is for debt. It's not for anything else. It's for debt. Right. You can't start a business and have your personal credit count towards your business credit. They don't even go together. So let's just say you're somebody who wants to go make money. If you're a consumer and you have a perfect credit score, you can't do anything with that except put yourself in debt. Is it. And let's just say you get a low interest rate just because it's a low interest rate does not make it doesn't mean it's still debt. So when you when you go buy, let's say, a two hundred thousand dollar house, let's just say you got three percent. Excuse me, I had to sneeze. Let's say you got a 3% interest rate. That's good right now. That's great right now. You're still, you, your principal is, you're still going to be paying higher interest rates. I mean, higher um, amounts towards interest monthly than you are towards your principal for like five to 10 years. You understand? So even, even with good credit, you're still putting, you're still being put in debt no matter what. Okay, now with that being said, now it's still not for me to make a decision for anybody. If if somebody offered you eighty thousand or a perfect credit score, you still would have to make the decision yourself. I'm just saying, with eighty thousand, most Americans could pay off the little debt that they have because, in the grand scheme, we all have little debt. We have like a car and we have like student loan debt or credit cards. Most of us don't have over fifty thousand. Like the like the person you heard at the beginning of the video, beginning of the podcast. Most of us don't have that much in debt. So you could pay off your debt and you could use the rest of it for um, you could use the rest of it for a small business loan, like I said. But there's there's some news that just hit about credit reporting that I want you all to know about because this is good. Um, Is everybody familiar with um, the three credit reporting agencies? The one is called Experian. 
One is called TransUnion and one is called Equifax. Now, if um, I had any any speaking errors, I want you to tell me. I'm pretty sure I was speaking fast. I probably said some things wrong before. I didn't mean it. But if I had any speaking errors, just know um, I didn't mean them. Besides the fact that I keep saying um. But listen, Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax, they are the credit reporting agencies. They came together to create a combined score called the Vantage score. It goes into effect July 1st, so it's already in effect. It's been in effect for a week now. It is a score. Now, this is this thing is new and it's good. It's going to help a lot of people out. It's a score that gets rid of. It does not key, uh, take into account any more civil judgments. It doesn't have medical debt involved and it does not have tax liens. Now, as far as uh, civil judgments, that's stuff like if somebody sued you or, you know, anything like a like you got in a car accident, just uh, anything that happened in civil court and it says you owe money. That will no longer be counted as part of your vantage score with the with the three major credit reporting agencies. Medical debts will never be counted again as far as the vantage score and then tax liens. So that means if you owe tax money, let's say you have property taxes that you have not paid, that will not count against your credit anymore. This is monumental. So it's going to help a lot of people in these situations where they've had low credit scores because of things like that. Let's see what else do they have going on here. They it, now this vantage score is a lot more predictive. So I'm I'm assuming that there is a lot of analytics software behind it. They don't tell you exactly. They're not going to ever put out exactly how they calculate the score. But this is a major score. Um, mortgages will not be calculated with this score. But as far as anything else in consumer, probably when you go buy a car. When you go to a store, you want to get credit to get financing for um, for furniture, things like that. You want to go get a TV that's massive. Let's say you want to redo a home and you need credit to finance that, loans and things like that. They'll use this Vantage score. And this is going to help a lot of people. It's going to help you out if you uh, paying things off will help you out better. So I'm at like taking that, taking the the. Um, civil judgments, the tax liens, and medical bills out is going to help a lot of people. They give, let's see, they, let's see, they give a few, um, they give a few examples of of how this new credit reporting uh, evaluation is going to work. Y'all can look it up. I want you to look up Vantage Score. Vantage Score. It just goes into effect. It just went into effect July. First, man, this is monumental. My black people, this is something we need to be watching. All right. Vantage score. New way to report credit. <clears throat> now, I want to talk to you about another major system of credit reporting. FICO. FICO. Y'all, I know everybody has heard of FICO. If you're an adult, you should have heard of FICO. FICO stands for Fair Isaac Corporation. Now. The FICO score is the major one. The FICO score is what mortgage companies use to, to judge what interest rate they're going to give you and if they will or will not approve you for a mortgage loan. Mortgage loan is used to buy a house. Mortgage means death pledge. Old Latin stuff. Anyway, because <clears throat> the mortgage is serious. Um, now, the, the FICO, they give a breakdown of 
how each factor is weighted. Okay. Now, the first factor is payment history. Payment history is 35% of your score. By the way, the FICO score ranges from 300 on the low side. That's the lowest you can have to 850. 850 is the highest FICO score that you can have possible. All right. 35% of that is payment history. I'll break this stuff down after I tell you the whole thing. 35% of that is payment history. 30% of that is credit utilization. 15% is use of credit history, right? 10% is new credit accounts and 10% is the credit mix. Okay, so let's go back. Payment history, every, that's self-explanatory and everybody knows that as the main thing. If you don't pay your bills, your score, your credit score will go down, right? But think about it, a lot of utilities and places that we have bills with, they don't report when you pay your bills. They only report when you don't pay. The only thing that constantly gets reported by the uh, credit agencies is like credit card debt and loans, things like that. But the bills can negatively like cell phone bill, cable bill, stuff like that can negatively affect you if you don't pay it. But when you do pay, it doesn't help you because they don't report it. They could report it and it would help, but they don't report because they don't want to help, I guess. They only want to hurt you. So keep that in mind. Loans, credit cards, uh, mortgages and student loan debt. When you pay that stuff off, the more payments you make consecutively and that you're never late on them, your payment history will be very good. And that's the most heavily weighted aspect of your FICO score. The next part, credit utilization, 30 percent. Now, that is. That's how that's considered how you use your available credit, meaning if I have let's just say I have a, a credit card with ten thousand a $10,000 limit, right? Credit utilization means I'm properly using the credit I have. I don't go too high in my balance. The way they look at how high or low you go is the percentage of use. So let's just say my limit is 10,000 and your limit is 2,000. I can go all the way. I could spend up to 4,000 in there and you can spend 1,000. It will look worse for you than it will for me. Why? It's because you're spending 50% of your limit and I'm spending 40% of mine. So mine looks better than yours because it goes by percentage of use. That's credit utilization. If I'm using 40% of my available credit, you're using 50% of your available credit. It looks like you have worse spending habits. It looks like it look. It's, yeah, like I said, it looks like you have worse habits. Whether it's true or not, even though 1000 is less than 4000 even though I have more debt, I have less of a percentage of my credit utilized, my available credit being utilized, right? So that, that's what credit utilization, and that's heavily weighted. That's 30%. So if you're maxed out, you just know if, the, if you're maxed out, the more months in a row you go maxed out, the more negatively it'll affect. So, yeah. Now... Length of credit history, that's 15%. Length of credit, I mean, that's self-explanatory also. So young people, uh, it's 15%. 15% is not a whole lot, but it is enough to affect it in some way. I remember when I was like 18, I had a very, my score was very good, right? But I didn't have any history. Like my credit, my credit score and my credit history was very young. So when, when, 
mortgage lenders and car loan lenders, when they looked at me, they said, yeah, your score is high, but that doesn't mean much because we can't, we can't vouch for you over a long period of time. Nobody can vouch for you over a long period of time because we don't know what you will do. We need to see this for a long time. So the longer you have credit, the better it'll be for you. Pretty much. It's not that having new credit hurts you. It's just that companies are not just because your score is high. It doesn't mean as much when you're young, but your credit is new. It doesn't mean as much. Okay. Not the next one. Number four, new credit accounts. New credit accounts is uh, 10%. Now, this is pretty much showing. Let me let me let me read through this real quick. Hold on. Okay, new credit accounts just talks about it, it just uh, factors in how recent you have been starting accounts. So let's just say you go in front of let's just say uh, FICO is monitoring you and they see that um, January you bought a new car. Then they see in February you opened up a new credit card for two thousand dollars. Then they see in March you. uh you went and got a loan at a furniture store. That is going to look bad. You have too many new accounts. You need to give your like that. That's not that it's going to look bad, but it will negatively affect your credit. Um, it will negatively affect your credit right away. Now, over time, you know, it'll it'll fix itself. It'll be corrected. But right then, it looks like you're doing a lot and it looks like you're having poor spending habits because you don't have it's like you don't have the money to buy this stuff. But yet you're trying to use credit to buy everything. Right. So it just, and even stuff like a store credit card, that's still another account. So even though it's only 10 percent, that's still, a, you know, 10 percent is a significant portion when you're talking about activity. So just keep that in mind when you when you open up new accounts, you have to plan when, you, when you're using credit. You need to plan, plan out the whole year. Say, OK, I want to use cash on this. I want to save up for that. Then I want to use credit. And cash doesn't actually mean cash. Cash means if it came from your bank account, meaning you already made the money. OK, you might you need to plan out your entire year. Say, I want to use credit for this. I want to use credit for this. You know, you shouldn't be using credit all the time unless you have a credit card that you can pay off monthly or you can make payments on monthly. You understand? Credit card is the only thing you should continue using credit for. Anything else, you shouldn't just keep applying for loans. Just because somebody will give it to you does not mean you should accept it. Just because you go in a store and they say, hey, you can get 10% off if you sign up for this credit card. Don't just take them. You know, you could take one or two, but don't keep saying, oh, at every store, you shouldn't have a credit card at every store you shop at. All right. Now, the fifth thing in this cycle of credit reporting for the FICO credit score is credit mix. Now, credit mix might be a little confusing. So let me get into it. Credit mixed is mix is what types of credit you're using. Right. It's pretty much like your portfolio. How diversified is your portfolio? You don't really want a super diversified portfolio of credit. You know what I'm saying? You want you you want like a few things. You don't want some of everything when it comes to you don't want some of everything when it comes to your credit. You really just want uh, if you went to college, you maybe you want a student loan, you want a mortgage. 
maybe one credit card and a car loan, maybe. That's a lot right there. So hopefully the car can get paid off soon and you just have your mortgage and your um your mortgage and your uh Okay, wait. You you want a credit card to stay active. You do want a credit card to stay active because that shows that you're able to maneuver with your money and pay it off. You want a credit card to stay active. You want maybe a mortgage and you, you really don't want student loan. Mortgages help you the most. Paying a mortgage and paying credit cards uh, often and on time, those two things help you the most. Credit card is called a credit card because it is the biggest indicator of how you are with credit. You understand? It's just straight up free access to items. You get a credit card, you have free access to items, pretty much. That's what a credit card is, as long as you're willing to pay later. Credit card is a pay later um, piece of plastic, pretty much all it is. So as far as diversifying, you want to have some revolving credit, which would be your credit card. Revolving means to go, you can continue using it. So revolving credit, and then you want your mortgage. If you could pay a mortgage off, that's good too. Um, but normally people don't pay off mortgages until they sell the house. But you, if you could pay off a mortgage and you want to have, I mean, you want to pay on your mortgage and you want to have revolving credit. Those two things are good. That's a good mix for you. You know, it won't hurt you to have a car loan. You know, it might hurt your score a little bit when you first get the car. But after you get it, you pay it off, you know, it'll be it'll look good for you. Paying on loans, they report with any kind of loan, they report often. So that helps you when you make payments on time. All right. That is the last part of that. I um I think I, I think I pretty much gave a good overhaul of the basics of credit and credit reporting. There's not um there's not really too much to know about this. You just have to understand what it's used for and how to understand and you have to understand when to use credit. That's it. I really want black people to understand because it's a big it used to be a joke. I don't know if it's a joke anymore about how black people don't have good credit. I don't know if that's so much a joke anymore with my generation cuz my generation came up seeing all the BS and we kind of take care of our stuff a little bit better than our parents did just because we seen how things negatively impacted us and we also don't like that joke even though it was more reality back in the day it was kind of reality back then and less of a joke but it became a joke but now we want our stuff to be fixed because we want to go out and buy whatever house we want to get and you know we need the income to match of course but we also want our credit to look good there's groups on Facebook that um where people meet and they talk about ways to fix your credit, the ways to build good credit. So y'all check that out. That's just something that I feel like we need to know about. So I felt like I should do a podcast on that. That's not gender specific. I think it might be a little bit race specific, though, honestly. But since they don't put out how they decide and since we don't know other people's credit scores, we will never be able to prove that. But white people that make less money get approved for things more than black people that make less money. And we'll get that. You know, that's a different conversation for a different time. But, you know, whatever. That's all I got for you all today, man. I hope you all enjoyed the podcast. If you haven't, you know, go back and find another episode that you enjoyed. I'm pretty sure I have an episode for anybody. But, um, excuse me. Yeah. Get 
get uh share comment like rate review if you're on uh, itunes if you listen on soundcloud or if you listen on podcast addict you know just make sure you share it and that's all i got for y'all man peace to the middle east hair grease and fish eggs